Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Schillerud, and today I'm joined by Matt Wakeland. Matt, how was the weekend? It was awesome. It was my wife's birthday, so you had a bunch of folks over at the house, little party, beautiful weather. Yeah, my daughter and nephew and a bunch of kids were over, so they had a blast playing That's outside. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yep, it's starting to finally get warm up here in northern Minnesota, so we're getting pretty pumped up about that live for the summer <laughs> and so it comes quick but it's awesome so yeah. starting to get ready so for this episode what we wanted to cover is really talking through as you're looking at different agencies to potentially manage your account like what are some core things that we would say like need to be happening or should be happening and then we can kind of walk our way around to like other new features what are nice to haves maybe when they apply when they don't really matter because at the end of the day, like, depending on where you're at in terms of selling on Amazon, you may not need the whole arsenal. And so there may be ways where you can find a person who is like specifically fit or an agency that's specifically fit for where you're at. And as Amazon advertising continues to get more and more complex and there's more and more tools, it can get really confusing on what's the right fit for me right now, what truly matters, and then what is nice to have, or so maybe down the road, what should I consider too? So what we can do for this episode, we'll kind of start off with the basics. So we'll start off on the sponsored side, we'll start with sponsored products, like what's core requirements there. And then what we can do is we can keep working our way up the funnel. And this is going to apply to like less and less people as we go, but then there could be some big spenders on that upper funnel side, which are going to need a lot more tools than say if you're just focusing your efforts on sponsored products. So that's the objective of the, the podcast today. Just kind of walk through that, what's core requirements, what should you be looking for? What questions should you ask? And then we'll keep working our way through the different ad types. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun topic for me, especially like we're lucky enough to have the opportunity to review a lot of accounts uh, when we take on new clients or when we're doing free audits for prospective clients. It's just always fun taking a peek under the hood into their campaigns and seeing what are they doing? What are they not doing? And I don't know, sometimes there's some major head scratchers. Other times it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's start with, let's start with sponsored products. All right. So Matt, you're trying to go out and find somebody to optimize your sponsored product campaigns. And right now you're just focusing on that ad type. Like what are some of the core requirements that you're looking for from that agency? What are some key things that you want to hear there? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I want to hear about probably is going to be bid optimization, the frequency, how they're making it. Is it manual in console? Are they using bulk files, which is, you know, fine. Or are they API integrated? Just so I have a good understanding of what their capabilities are, what their process looks like, and what the cadence looks like. Yep. Yeah. So bid optimization is one. So I'll, I'll take the next piece. Keywords and targets. So that's another key piece that I'm looking for. So as you're starting to say structure new campaigns or optimize my existing campaigns, what does keyword research look like? Yeah. Is there a systematic approach that you're taking to move these keywords or product targets, say maybe down the funnel and maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead because we're talking about funnels, but for keyword research, like what does that look like? 
how are we choosing what keywords or product targets we're going to be including? Where do these fall within the different campaign structures? All that yeah. good stuff. It's really focusing and getting a core understanding because people can do this very differently. Some can, again, take a full manual approach and just use intuition. For others, it can be di very data-driven. And there's pros and cons for every approach. And so I think the key thing is really understanding how does that keyword research and then keyword optimization happen once you have the initial keywords populated in the campaigns and then once they're running and you're currently optimizing them? Yeah, for me personally, like some uh, some things I want to hear during the like screening conversation, basically, if I was a brand owner and hiring an agency to advertise, I want to hear they're looking at search term reports. What are the actual custom, customer search terms that people are using? when they lead to conversions or, you know, for unproductive spend as well. Uh, I want to hear that they're looking at my listings. So product title, keyword alignment is really important for click-throughs. And then the listing can be a goldmine for keyword research as well. So how well are they getting to know your catalog? Uh, and then ideally, like, maybe a little bit of brand analytics uh, worked into the conversation too. So Maybe it's just the Amazon top search terms report or uh, the search query performance report, which is an awesome tool. Sure. Yep. Yep. Another key piece that I'm asking about is campaign funnels yeah. and what that looks like. So is it a standard structure that you apply throughout or are there different types of funnels? And when we're talking about funnels, what we're talking about is we use different campaign types to get from more broad campaigns down to very specific campaigns. And we use this for control. And so if there's specific keywords or search terms or product targets that perform really well, we want to have a higher level of control. And then on the bottom of the funnel, the broader base, we want to make sure that we've got a structure in place where we can constantly find new targets to implement to. And so a key question for me would be, all right, do you utilize funnels? If so, what does that look like? Again, is there a systematic approach to it? Or are you doing that manually to kind of work them down the funnel? How does that all work? And then does this apply for every single campaign? Or are there specific strategies that it's utilized for too? For instance, we separate out different specific strategies. And so all of our campaigns don't look the same in terms of like funneling. And then there's a lot of bid and other updates that we have for these specific strategy type campaigns. But for funnels, I would really be asking some questions on that too making sure that they've got a solid understanding on what that looks like, what the key goal is, and then does this apply across the board? And then finally, once things are running, like how do you maintain that funnel as you go? Yeah. Yeah. Search term harvesting funneling is a must have in, in my books for sure. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Another piece I would say is just like this ties into structure, but what is the like strategic layout of their campaigns? What does campaign structure look like? given the strategies or the overall business KPIs that you've relayed to them. So what are you looking to accomplish and how well does their structure align with that? So are they putting brand defense keywords and general keywords within the same campaigns or are those split into two separate campaigns? Are they doing like cross promotion, product targeting? How do they break out their manual campaigns from auto campaigns and yeah, just overarching structure and strategies tying into it. Sure. Like, I want to hear those pieces for sure. What's most incremental for my brand? 
what's your theory on brand defense and what do you think the most incremental opportunities are given my objectives and where my campaigns are today? Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. There's two other action-based items that we'll talk through too that I would consider must-haves. So one is setting negatives. Yeah. So how do you find the right negatives? And then again, do you systematically set them or how do you choose what gets set as negatives? Um, and I, I would dig into this a bit too, and just make sure that there's a good understanding on match types and what happens if I did a phrase match with my brand name <laughs> and just that as a negative. So just making sure that we've got a good systematic approach in how we set negatives. So this is to reduce, you know, unwanted spend or wasted spend. So I'm Negatives is big. And then the other one that I would say has become a must have is placement adjustments yes. for sponsor products. So placement adjustments is a newer feature. I'll do newer in quotes because it's been around for quite a while now. We're finally starting to see mass adoption and finally starting to see the appropriate adjustments being made based off of performance, especially when we talk about like top of surge. So this is one where we tend to see a lot of gaps still, and it has a ton of value. And again, this is um, being able to provide an adjustment or essentially a bid increase for certain placements or where when we say placement, it's where your sponsored product ad shows up. Top of search is a big one to make sure that you've got a placement adjustment in place. So I would dig into that too. Again, how do you set initial placements and then how do you optimize as we go? And so that's a key one that where I would say we see a gap quite often, um, but it's getting to be less and less over time as people kind of consider this more of a have to do. Yeah. So we have bidding, keyword selection, funneling and search term harvesting, uh, strategy and structure, uh, negatives, negatives and placement settings, especially top of search settings for must have like action items or a topics that they can speak to well and are actioning within campaigns. Yep. Yep. So, so that's if you're just focusing on sponsored products, mm -hmm. but I would say the majority are going to be, if you're focused on sponsored, it's not just going to be sponsored products and it's going to be starting to get into some other ad types. So next we'll go to sponsor brands. And I would say after you've built out your sponsor product base, sponsor brands is the next spot to go to really add on. And if we look at overall spend, it's usually like 75 to 80% sponsor products, and then say about 15 to 20% sponsor brands, and then sponsor display can kind of fall in that five to 10% bucket. So somewhere within those ranges, don't add up all the numbers. If it doesn't exactly equal 100, I'm not sure if I got that quite right, but I'm think it's pretty close. <laughs> but for sponsored brands, I guess, where should people start? Or where should they look at? Like, what's what's the highest priority for sponsored brands? I mean, I would say I would start with what variations of sponsored brands they're going to run or are running. Uh, so I would say the two most critical are your typical product collection, uh, sponsored brand ads, those appear at top of search in search results, and then also video, which is typically, you know, slightly down the page. Within uh, the search results themselves. Yeah, yep. yep, exactly. Uh, are the two highest value, highest volume ad types. So do they have a plan for utilizing video? Do you have video assets that they can utilize? And just kind of starting their high level. Yep. 
Yeah. And if we talk about optimization, I think a lot of these pieces that we just talked about for sponsor products is going to apply. Yeah. You know, so if we look at bid optimization, so that's going to be huge again. How are we targeting the right targets? Um, and then as we as we go a little bit further, I walk through like the creative side for sponsor brands. Like what would you expect your agency would be able to deliver? And then what's kind of on the outside of that too. So like, you know, in terms of like developing and testing and say the right headlines that go along with these creatives, like what, what would you expect there? Sure. Yeah. So the creative elements that are customizable for like a product collection, sponsor brand campaign would be lifestyle images and headlines. Uh, for headlines, that's a little bit easier. So we'll start there. Uh, like I'd make sure that they're pulling previous headlines. That's really easy for us to do since we're API integrated and checking performance of those. Sure. But, you know, ideally, like there are a lot of really good tools out there, especially AI based now for uh, coming up with really good copy. Yeah. But checking search terms, testing some headlines that align with the you know core most popular search terms for your product catalog or specific subsets of your product catalog. And then, you know, potentially testing uh, some unique headlines that they're coming up with uh, that maybe drive more urgency. It's a little bit dependent on what headlines you've used previously. And sure. some brands have fairly rigid guidelines guidelines around, like, creative text and stuff like that. Not everyone does, but uh, some do. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit dependent on those brand requirements and stuff. Uh then lifestyle images, they tend to be awesome to use. Like that's a little bit more brand dependent too, since uh, most like media buying, you know, sponsored management agencies, dedicated advertising, you know, they maybe don't have a dedicated creative department sure. or it's cost prohibitive, you know, to have them do it. Like they should be asking you, do you have any lifestyle images, I guess, uh, that we can showcase in SB headlines. As sure. Maybe more of a nice to have, you yep. know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so and it, with how our agency is structured, so we don't have like a creative department within our agency. So we strictly focus on like the, the numbers and the data and the media buying itself. And that's what we're really good at. We have partners that we work with who can help us create those creatives if they're not in place. And so, you know, this may be a bit biased just because this is how we're structured. But I, what I would say is that if they don't have creative creation capability internally. I personally don't view that as a big issue because there's two separate skill sets that really go in there. If you can find the right people who can create the creatives and then you find the right people who can test what really works well and make sure they're targeted well and bid well, um, that's where we've kind of found the best of both worlds. But it is a choice. It's a personal preference to us. So there are some agencies out there that will do the creatives in-house. So they have both capabilities. We have a partner. So we, we try to reduce any friction there. And in many cases, most people or a lot of people do have those creatives that we can already use. So maybe we can frame up like creative of generation as a nice to have, but I would definitely say like not a requirement. And there's a ton of specific creative agencies who are really good at those pieces too. Nice. Let's see. So sponsor brands, I, I think kind of, is there any other key pieces that you want to cover there that you'd say are like need to haves that we didn't cover from the sponsor product side? Yeah. So when we are talking about funneling on the sponsor product side, uh, they don't necessarily need to funnel directly into sponsored brand campaigns, but a key check since sponsored products is likely driving the majority of volume uh, within the account. Uh, 
ideally the targets that are performing well within sponsored products are being targeted and sponsored brands. So, you know, like a cross check is sponsored products with conversions or a material amount of conversions. Uh, does it have impressions and sponsor brand campaigns? If no, that's an opportunity for a keyword or a product target, really keyword targeting to be used in sponsored brands. Sure. So that's a, a worthwhile check. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's that, that cross checking and that, or that cross utilization of solid performing targets. And so definitely not a necessity, but I think by having them demonstrate that, yes, they've realized this is an opportunity and have ways to implement that. It's really big because like Matt said, you're going to be spending the majority of your spend usually on sponsored products. Why not cross utilize those targets that are doing really well? And that's where you can create these nice coordinated campaigns to kind of take advantage of those best performing keywords. And, and so this is a, a big piece. I'd say it's another piece that you should definitely take into account when we move to like the sponsored display side. Um, so sponsor display uh, tends to be a smaller amount of overall spend, but depending on your strategies, it can be smaller or bigger. One, I'd say kind of like core campaign that we consider is sponsor display product targeting. So this is where the placements show up below the buy box or the bullet points on the product detail page. We like this one because it acts kind of like a sponsored product ad and you can cross utilize product targets from sponsored products back to sponsored display. And so another core question is like, hey, do you utilize sponsored display? If so, figuring out what types of campaigns they use, because there's a lot of different sponsored display types. I, if they are not using product targeting, it'd be like, huh, they, they really should. And yeah. it's easy to structure. So that would be a, I don't know, not a core requirement, but it would throw up some red flags if they're not using sponsored display product targeting for sure. Because for most strategies, it should apply. So that would be a key piece. Once we start getting up the funnel a bit more for different audience targeting, these could be nice to haves or required based off of your product and how high you want to start pushing up the funnel. And so I would say for the core, like Amazon product, like having a combination of sponsored products, sponsored brands, which is, you know, a sponsored brand video and the typical banner ads, and then sponsored display product targeting. That's usually going to make up that core fundamental like campaign funnel structure. Then after that, now you can start to incorporate different audience targeting within sponsored display. So say I did want to start going more up the funnel, like what questions should I be asking or what should I be looking up next on the sponsored display side? Uh, audience targeting uh, is the other major piece of sponsored display, and there could be zero budget allocation there, kind of dependent on DSP. I don't want to get into that too much because that's probably the next next subject that we'll cover. Sure. But for sponsored display, kind of how do they prioritize uh, where advertising spend goes at launch? So like sponsored ads, SD audience targeting, it's... It, it can be full funnel. And typically what you want to do is start at the bottom of the funnel and then work your way up and build a foundation. So when you're driving interest at the top of the funnel, you have something at the bottom to capture that interest that you drove. So it doesn't just like lose exposure. We want to move people from awareness to consideration to conversion. Sure. So those lower funnel stages are necessary to convert that awareness. Yeah. Uh, efficiently. Yep. So, so uh, I would say one big piece is if you're hiring somebody to run more full full funnel advertising, 
that they understand that concept that <laughs> all right, we want to build out the base first. If you hear somebody that just says, Hey, let's spend a huge amount of money on more upper funnel advertising and we can spend a lot and we'll get a lot of interest. If you hear that before you've been focusing on building out that bottom of the funnel, that would be a big red flag to me because yeah. you can generate a lot of interest. But if you don't have the structure in place to actually convert those into sales, which are the business results we're looking for, you can waste a lot of money really quickly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so for audience targeting, if you are doing this, I would really work through and make sure that the agency or the freelancer understands to like where these fall in the funnel. So if I'm looking at retargeting or repurchases versus like a very broad like life cycle or lifestyle type audience, they're going to have much very different like strategies and goals and KPIs that come along with that. So that's a, that's a key piece that I would make sure that I understand if I'm, if I'm looking at going into that route. Agreed. Let's see. So I, I would say a couple other like nice to haves and it depends on where you're at for spend and everything. So one is like Amazon marketing stream. So from an agency standpoint, like you need API access to get access to Amazon marketing stream at this point. And one of the key benefits for stream is it allows us to see hourly data. So you can see conversions over time. How we put this into practice is we're able to update bids in real time based off of conversion rate trends throughout the day. So this is definitely a nice to have. It's definitely not a requirement, especially if you're starting like, and just focusing on those core campaigns from the start. So I know it can get really overwhelming. Like This is a great to have, especially as your budgets really start growing. I would start looking into maybe some more technolo technologically advanced agencies who have access to this type of information. But if you're just getting going or you've got your core set of campaigns, I would say this is a nice to have, but definitely not a requirement. How about reporting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, must have is, you know, some form of reporting, but uh, there's different like levels of reporting, right? That kind of push it between nice to have and absolute requirement. So yeah, like for us specifically, we offer weekly reports uh, and then we offer uh, a client dashboard. So a portal where you can log into, where you get a bunch of different visual visualizations, that you can't get in the ad console, all kinds of analytics and more advanced stuff. So some form of reporting is a requirement, uh, but, you know, there's nice to haves layered throughout that since it's a broad topic. How would sure. you uh, address that? reporting? Yeah. I mean, it, definitely, yes, a, a requirement, but how it's done, it can really vary. So I've seen anywhere from freelancers who they just pull up the advertising console and go through results there all the way to, you know, highly detailed reports with customization and data flowing into different vis visualization software and everything in between. And so I, I think the core thing is to just make sure that you and whoever is working on the campaigns are really aligned on what those core KPIs are and make sure that you're aligned on how those are going to be communicated to you. And so it really, it's a taking a step back and how are we going to measure success and then making sure you have the information available to do that. Obviously, more reporting is better, but there's a certain point, too, where that information, you can get information overload, too. And so I think just having something where you can measure those core KPIs are going to be huge. And it kind of brings us into one of the next conversations, too. Like when you're talking about KPIs, 
making sure that whoever you're hiring has a really good grasp on what those are and what truly matter. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, if we're sitting down and we're just talking through, say, sponsor products and the only focus is on ACOS or ROAS, like that would be a red flag to me mm-hmm. because we can make ACOS or ROAS look really good. And we can do that by just targeting branded search terms. And many of those may have converted or may convert anyways. And so I think that would be another key piece that I would dig into is, all right, how do these metrics tie together? How do you review ACOS? And then how do I review total sales? And how do I review tacos? And then how do I review how broad or how narrow my targeting mix is? And how do I get the right relationship between these to figure out how my advertising is going to create the biggest impact for my brand as a whole? And so it would be finding somebody who's not just focused on those specific advertising metrics, but can see the broader picture. I don't know. How how would you approach that, man? Totally. Kind of an add-on. This is a little bit more in the weeds of of what you're saying, but a really important concept that I think agencies need to understand. If you're in a category that has any sort of repeat purchase opportunity, understanding LTV, the value, value. yeah, lifetime value, the value of new-to-brand customers and new-to-brand customer acquisition – especially in the context like of ROAS and, and ACOS. Like if you're only focused on ACOS and you're not factoring in what's like the true lifetime ACOS for a new to brand customer, then you're missing something that's so incredibly important. Like you need a different goalpost for new to brand than you do for like repeat customers basically. Sure. So understanding the relationship there, the strategy there and – uh, what the right benchmark is for new to brand customer acquisition for anything with repeat purchase potential. Just an example of, yep. yeah. Yeah. Repeat purchase potential, or if you have a very solid brand where you tend to get like cross purchases. Yep. So any, any type of brand that has that higher lifetime value than just say that single purchase that comes through. Yep. So new to brand lifetime value, customer acquisition costs, all that good stuff. This all ties directly in and it can really change how you approach your advertising by looking at these metrics versus just looking at something singular like ROAS. So we'll, let's see if you go ahead. You got I have something. one, I have you one something. more item. I know. <laughs> yeah. This one's a, a little bit long. We don't have to go too deep into this, but a very nice to have and maybe a requirement depending on your brand size, where your ad investment is, is yeah. a DSP seat. Sure. Um, just because of the, all the opportunities it unlocks uh, in terms of audience targeting uh, and the unique inventory and the additional control that it offers over sponsored display, sure. as well as Amazon Marketing Cloud. So as of today, you need to be running DSP campaigns to have access to Amazon Marketing Cloud, AMC. Uh, and it's incredibly powerful for analytics and evaluating customer journey and all kinds of really important metrics. Yeah. Yep. And so what I would say is definitely not a requirement if you're just building out the base sponsored ad campaigns. But if you're to that point where you can start moving up the funnel and you're considering display or video or audio ads or like from a product standpoint too, if you have products that have a higher lifetime value, so you've built up that solid brand and people either come back to purchase that same product or purchase other products from you, that's where the analytics from say like Amazon marketing cloud can really have a huge benefit. 
So what I would say is, one, if you're to that next step where you're looking to expand your advertising more up the funnel, then finding someone with the DSPC, it definitely a requirement. And I would say that, you know, Amazon Marketing Cloud has really grown quite a bit too. If you're spending a significant amount, especially on upper funnel advertising, I would now consider AMC of more of a requirement. Yeah. Um, because it can give you so many awesome analytics on what is the true impact of my upper funnel advertising, especially when upper funnel advertising, you can usually spend a lot of money really quickly <laughs> or you, you, we obviously control budgets, but that's where a lot of big budgets can sit. And so especially if you have a bigger budget on upper funnel and your agency is not running Amazon Marketing Cloud or not utilizing Amazon Marketing Cloud, I would say that that's probably it. There, there could be some big misses. There are some big opportunities that you could find by utilizing Amazon Marketing Cloud. Agreed. Yeah. So, well, cool. We covered a lot there. So, I mean, key things as we're one thing I, where I would start is really look at like, what are my core needs right now? Um, and so if you're just looking at running the base sponsored ads, um, that's great. And you may not need like a full tech agency to be able to do that and give you the value that you're looking for. Um, and so really the first piece is like, what are my true needs at this point? And do I want to find the agency that can help me expand throughout that whole area? Or maybe I start here. And then as I graduate and show the success, now I can keep working my way up. So I'd first start with like, what are my true needs? And then from that, you can base it on, okay, what do I really need in terms of capability? Um, and so you don't need to start with DSP and AMC from the start. You definitely shouldn't. <laughs> but once you've got that built up, now you can start to add on more and more of that information that goes along with that. And so, you know, overall, hoping that this was helpful, especially if you're looking for different agencies, like what are the core things I should ask? What are the core things I should focus on? So Matt, before we wrap it up, I guess any other pieces that you want to add? Nothing comes to mind. I think we covered it. All right. Sounds good. Yep. So, and as always, if you're ever looking for a second opinion or anything else like that, we're always happy to help and take a look. Even if you're trying to figure out like what should be the core needs right now when I'm starting to look around for support, we're happy to help and talk through that. So I've been through this personally as a seller. And when I started, it, the whole ecosystem was a heck of a lot easier than it is today. So sometimes the, the key question is just what do I truly need? to start off with. And that simplifies everything. So always happy to help and feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or email me at joe at advance.com and we can take a look there. So as always, we really appreciate you joining this podcast and we hope to see you on the next episode of The Ad Project. Mm -hmm.